Welcome back to this deeper dive into a gospel thread and a digital labyrinth. And so this is part three of a conversation. So if you didn't and haven't listened to or watched those previous episodes, really encourage you to do so because they really are kind of building on one another, which kind of brings us to this episode. And it's one that we've been anticipating because things start a little bit heavier when we just think about the world today and technology, both the good and the bad. And then things, we start to, to get a little light in the tunnel, a little light in the labyrinth really of our responsibility. And ultimately that's culminating in this particular episode when we look at the opportunity. And so I think this is one that we both get excited about um, as individuals who really work a lot within the digital landscape and use a lot of technology and digital tools to serve the church, to serve clients in the marketplace. Um, this is the part of the conversation that I've been looking forward to most because I think there's just so much potential and hope here. And so I'd love to kind of immediately toss it to you, John, when you frame this specifically as the redemption opportunity. There is a redemption opportunity, which is my viewpoint. It's standing, is the iceberg analogy. The reality and our responsibility is kind of below the surface, kind of things that which we need to stew on and really kind of work out mentally, theologically, and now we're kind of above the surface, mm -hmm. kind of looking at kind of what's actually out there to grasp. And I am in the camp of the technology is something that can be redeemed. So I look at technology from the viewpoint of as we constantly kind of progress into the future, I look at technology as a gr grounds that can be cultivated and made into something that can point others to the Lord. And so the redemption opportunity is looking above the surface and saying, what, what can be redeemed and how should we redeem it? And I want to specifically kind of think about those who would say, should we as a church even go into places like social media? Is it so far gone? Is it so irredeemable that just call it evil and stay away from it? Um, I would argue, and Josh, we talked about this before this recording, is as long as there are people made in the image of God congregating or kind of going to this kind of town square, mm -hmm. if you want to call it that, and meeting together and existing day to day, the church should be there, in, in my opinion. And so the digital landscape is no exception to that, primarily in social media. And I think that the first way we got to think about the the redemption opportunity is a call to digital holiness. And I think it might seem like that's a no-brainer, but in in the biggest opportunity I've personally held my whole life is that a life transformed by the gospel, living faithfully unto him, is the biggest proof point and example that's going to lead other people to to, to the Lord. And the second one would be living in, in, in the light of faithful unity. And I want to make something as clear as I can, which is, I think it might be tempting to think that, oh, with the digital landscape, we're trying to replace church 
and have it exist sure. uh, just on the digital space. And I would push against that and say the digital space should be a funnel in which we ought to look towards capturing people and try to get them inside the door because no, no digital experience or encounter is ever going to rival a, a, a in-person relationship, discipleship. The ultimate way in which this church you know, looks at transforming lives is through spiritual formation and the form of discipleship. That is the bottom of the funnel. And so the, the digital landscape has broadened that top funnel to a global, it's globalized the way in which we can ev- evangelize. And I think the way that we can do that through the collective body of the church is living out faithfully and showing people what that unity looks like. And then the last one would be infiltrating the, uh, the enemy's chamber for Jesus. And I think that once we are aware of our spiritual giftedness, how the body collectively can go out it's tempting to think about individually how we can live out our faith, which is important, but how as a church we can go out and, uh, and minister to those digitally in order to bring them inside the walls of the church. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I kind of approach this redemption opportunity. I think some of the wording is intriguing because you talk about being marked by digital holiness. We've been called to holiness as a lifestyle that affects how we live in the in our interperson dialogue, or in our interpersonal mm-hmm. uh, interactions with others, uh, but also that frames the way that we interact with others in the digital landscape. We're called to holiness in all of life, and mm-hmm. I think really what we said, you know, in all of these conversations is the digital landscape. It is part of life as we know it today. And so for some, it's going to, that engagement is going to look like this. And for others, that engagement may look different, but it is part of the world today. And so believers don't really have an option of holiness in this area, but not this area. The other thing I'll say is the language that you've used, it's really striking. Just even that third one, kind of infiltrating the enemy's chamber, that you're kind of borrowing that language straight from that idea of the digital labyrinth, it would be really easy to take a very defensive posture and kind of wait for the world to assault us with content that isn't God-honoring, glorifying, and we're just going to kind of construct a wall and stay behind that wall. There are moments where we do need to be defensive. And Mm -hmm. so I think of family life, there are some things that we need to do to protect our kids who don't have the maturity yet to handle some of the content that's out there in the world. And so we're trying to create filters and we're trying to create safeguards and and there are walls that are appropriate and healthy, but you know, as we mature in faith in Christ, as we grow into that, that gospel mission, there's an offensive battle as well. And so I hear Jesus' words to go We've used the reference before of just in the going, we hear from him the, the, to be innocent as doves, wise as, as serpents. And so there's a discernment that we have to have. But I love the language of infiltrating the enemy's chamber. And we can only do that 
with the power of Christ in us. It's only through Christ and through his spirit that we're even able to venture into enemy territory. And I love the picture of that because it's God's kingdom. It's God's church going on the offensive. So Mm. I'd love to hear just some more of your thoughts around that. I'll say that I waffled a little bit on the language. I'm a marketer, so I like to use (laughs) like alliterations and try to make it as as poppy as I can, but infiltrating the enemy's chamber for Christ. I think got to be careful to hear the intention behind that wording. And I think it's, we often kind of think about, well, I've got to go in the digital labyrinth and start to rail on some people who are, who are defaming the name of Christ. And that is not what I mean by infiltrating the enemy's chamber for Christ. I think it's rooted in this idea that we have an incredible opportunity to show a life transformed by Christ. And we, I think, all mostly know at this point that getting into kind of combative dialogue situations or disagreements on on the digital landscape is anything but fruitful. I think it's something to get really practical. I think the redemption opportunity affords us this ability to get, to get practical is what does a healthy marriage look like? Mm. Like according to biblical standards, like what is submitting to one another as unto Christ and taking the whole counsel of God and showing what that looks like. We can be very practical in terms of our faithfulness to the Word of God by showing others what that looks like. One of the things I like to do often is to just hold my wife up on social media and just to make her feel seen. If that by itself is all that I do and the only reason I I'm on social media. That's that's worth it and to show sure. her that I love her, and value her, and I'll say this: that there are a few people that I'm ministering to, who I've seen over the course of years go from closed-minded, unreceptive towards conversations about Jesus to a little more open, a little more open, and they are watching me. Right? They're they're following me. They're starting to, you know, I I saw you post on this and that and the other. And I don't want to to miscommunicate and say that we have to be articulating the five-pillar gospel verbally in a carousel <laughs> so that people see that the, what the gospel is. And sometimes there's a point you, that's helpful, but more effective is ministering and being faithful to evangelizing through actions on digital that's, I think, the greatest opportunity that we have. And then once a discipleship, we all know around here that getting in, into a discipleship situation is by far the most effective way in which lives are transformed. So, And know. I think that's so helpful when we think about the redemption opportunity. The world is watching. Mm-hmm. There are more places on planet Earth that are connected to one another than ever before. So mm-hmm. in many respects, the world feels like a much smaller place. Now, there's certainly conversations around, okay, within that connectedness, you know, it, it's not replacing the, the real human interaction, mm-hmm. which here at Perimeter, we even say this ahead of our worship services. If you, if you join us on live stream at the beginning and at the end of that, we believe that there's something really powerful that happens when people are gathered together and when God's people are gathered together in worship. And so I think that's kind of an example for us where we want to embrace 
what technology has made possible, but we also want to point to the things that we believe really matter to God as revealed in his word. So the fact that, you know, someone from Africa can tune in online and watch a worship service in Johns Creek, Georgia is fantastic. Mm -hmm. The world is watching. The people in our social networks are watching the way that we interact with others, the content that we're putting out there in the world. And so we really do have an opportunity to live differently, Mm -hmm. even in those digital spaces. And what you said earlier, I think is so relevant where social media can quickly become a comparison space. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I enjoy taking really high quality photos of my family and the experiences that we have. (laughs) Yeah, follow this guy. (laughs) But so as a creator, there's something in me that's just like, oh, I don't want to put a photo out there that's less than the edited version that I wanted, but there's something really not to use it as a buzzword, but you know, there's something really authentic and genuine and vulnerable and transparent, even in in presenting, Hey, here's real life. There's something really desirable about that in the world today because so many influencers, so many content producers are putting together content that's very marketable. And we use the definition earlier of just things that kind of stoke that desire. Mm -hmm. So, man, I wish I had that, wish I looked like that. Yeah. For us as believers, we can take advantage of that space and take advantage of those connection, that, that connectivity to put out content that points back to, it's okay to not be perfect. It's okay to not have all the things because ultimately we find our deepest meaning and satisfaction in Christ and mm-hmm. in the gospel. So to your point, we don't have to lay out the five pillar gospel in every post, but I think there's little seeds of the gospel that we have an opportunity to drop in digital spaces, knowing that ultimately it's God that produces the fruit. We just have such an opportunity today that previous generations have not had. So we have to be, we have to be discerning and we have to be intentional with the opportunity because it doesn't just function on autopilot. The mission field is there and the world is watching Love that. I would say, in a nutshell, who likes to be convinced of something <laughs> that they're not necessarily on board with? Could somebody come at you and say, okay, here's my point of view, and I want you to... Oftentimes, we're faced with the familiar adage that it's only, debates are only going to make us more entrenched in our own mm-hmm. original viewpoints. But what about showing, some, showing a life that's been convinced of something? I think authenticity is absolutely a crucial part of the digital landscape is I'm not going to try to go on there to convince anybody of anything. I want to go out there and show them a life that's been convinced by the gospel and transformed by it. And that is going to have way more legs than trying to lay out a viewpoint or a, a a debate, win a debate, that type of thing. So love what you said there, just about, you know, showing a life convinced that the gospel is true. And that is at such odds, like we have the freedom of a life convinced in Christ to go across political aisles and have meaningful relationships Mm. and dialogues. It it can go so many different places and confuse so many people. And that hopefully is an aroma that's, you know, pleasing to say, I want more. Like, mm, I want more of this. I sure. want to know what Josh has. I want to know 
who he rubs shoulders with, what that community is because that that's going to win the day, in my opinion. So if we were to recap this conversation, the reality of the world is that, I mean, technology is a reality and there, there are good things that technology is making possible, innovations and efficiencies, you, you name it. But there's a lot of implications. There's a lot of unhealthy ways to use technology as well. And that's where we have a responsibility to really think about and consider what is this technology doing for me? Is there a way for me to use it redemptively? Or is this a, is this a path maybe that God has shut to me or mm. doesn't want me to go down? But ultimately, there is this amazing redemption opportunity that technology makes possible. And that's just because of the mission that hasn't changed from day one. Love that. This has been a, a fascinating conversation. I think it's taken us to some really awesome places and really appreciate you, John. And just one, the heart behind this resource that you've created. And so for those that want to access it for themselves, tell us where they can get it. Sure. Uh, we have a, a landing page, a little website um, that's gospelthread.org. On there, you can find that resource as well as a few other little bits there. But uh, do check it out and would love to love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I really do encourage anyone listening, watching this who hasn't already to download that and just really begin to read it for yourself. And I, one of the things that's really cool about that is just you've got a guide at, in the at the end of the resource that's just kind of walking through some questions to prompt us just to think about what does it look like to have a digital strategy for myself, for my family? So um, would love for more people to download and just use that guide to prompt some more intentionality when it comes to technology. Thanks for everybody who has stuck with us through parts one, two, and three. What we want to do is kind of wrap things up with a what I think will be a really engaging and exciting conversation about something a, a technological in, innovation that has really kind of taken the world by storm. Stick around for that conversation to come very soon. I really hope that this has been an encouragement to all of you watching or listening, that it has just prompted you to think about technology maybe in a different way. And we would hope in a really gospel, God-honoring way, and especially when we think about the opportunity that it mm. presents. So... Cool. With that, look forward to the next one.